We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The Timeline is a Blue Wire podcast. Sam, I'm sitting here at home. <laughs> I'm sitting here at home. We just finished a long podcast that I Let's was really go, proud of. Baby. <laughs> I'm streaming Bonnaroo. All of a sudden, you call me. You call you broke this news to me, Sam. Dude, I can't <laughs> sit down. I can't sit down. I'm walking around. My microphone cable is only a few feet long. I'm walking around my bedroom right now because I can't sit down. It's our second record of the day of the we, day correct. we put out an 80 minute episode on, yeah. the, on the possibility of brad beal as well as a lovely draft segment with our friend damon sorry damon <laughs> sorry damon don't care I couldn't about find that if anymore. it was this year's second round pick i could you know i was curious i couldn't find we it. don't we don't know yet the ramifications for thursday's draft but that's not the point the suns yep. have bradley beal the yep. phoenix suns are a super team <laughs> they are a super team, Mike. For the first time ever, right? I mean, <laughs> it's it's pretty wild. I I you know how how quickly this happened. It's it's one thing to hear the Suns are interested in in Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant's interested in the Suns, and then he's traded eight months later. It's another thing to hear Bradley Beal and the Suns are are close to formulating a trade, and it happens two days later, and that's where we're at. It just just like that just happened. The Suns have Bradley Beal. The trade. For those who don't know, I'm sure everyone listening to this already knows. Landry Shamit. <laughs> the, the, the centerpiece. Start, starting there, the centerpiece, Landry <laughs> Shamit. The player that the the Wizards plan on keeping, Landry Shamit. Chris Paul and second round picks or, or pick swaps, we haven't really heard. The way Shams wrote it was a handful of second round picks and multiple pick swaps, which tells me that he doesn't know the full deal yet. It could um, be. Yeah. For all we know, every pick that the Suns have for the rest of the decade. And I don't know that I would give a shit. I'm not sure. I, I don't know. I mean, this is, look, this is scary. We're heading out into the unknown. A lot of people are already poo-pooing this. The nerds, the water boys, the people who don't have a, a reliable hezzy, a reliable two-dribble pull-up. They're already saying, 
depth is going to be an issue for the Suns. We Look, we already talked about all this earlier today, Mike. We just talked about it in theory. This is great. This is a wonderful, wonderful day. Regardless of your feelings on Brad Beal the fit, I think the Suns are not going to have too much trouble in convincing certain free agents to come and help fill out this roster that they may have had trouble attracting before, certain ring chasers who are going to come here on minimum contracts. And this is just, this is, it's a wonderful day to be a Suns fan, man. I don't know what to say. Like, even if you, even if you don't, even if you're not on cloud nine with me right now, which I would understand, there's all sorts of ramifications about the cap, the future, what this team is going to look like two or three years down the line. But you got to admit, this team's going to be provocative. They are going (laughs) to get the strongest takes out of everyone (laughs) in the entire landscape. It's going to be... If you like roller coasters, this is going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be a ride. It's going to be one of the best offensive teams of all time. And we're just talking about a team that currently has four players under contract. And I think you could feel comfortable saying that already. Let me start here, though. I want to, I just want to start in this place before we get too far into this. Chris Paul was... So the bubble happened, right? The, the Suns went 8-0 in the bubble. Missed their chance to, to make the NBA playoffs. Chris Paul made round one with OKC and a team that should not have made the playoffs was knocked out in round one by Houston. The bubble ends and it's clear that Chris Paul wants to play in Phoenix. The Suns trade for Chris Paul. Chris Paul joins the Suns. They make it to the NBA finals. And Chris Paul joined this franchise at a time where they needed him the most. They had Monty Williams here for a year. They had James Jones. They had young Devin Booker still kind of figuring his way uh, to an all-star team. And he came here and he kind of made them an adult. You know, he kind of took them to their teenage years into their adult years. And I don't want to get too far away from saying that what Chris Paul did for this team, regardless of how you feel about him now, was massive and it was important. And I just really appreciated the time he was on this team. And I'll have a ton of memories from his time on this team. And he's gone now. Like he's traded away from the Suns. He's gone. Uh, But I don't want to get too far away from. Yeah. And he's not coming back. It's against the rules. Right now. Right. Um, and yeah, it's, it's just, it was a great time to watch Chris Paul and the Suns. I really appreciated his time here. That is a very good point. Chris Paul is a Suns legend. He always will be. And I will always defend his legacy. And I refuse to be like some of those fan bases out there that used to claim Chris Paul and, uh, have done nothing but turn around and shit on him for the past several years when he's obviously an NBA legend sucks that we made it all the way to finals. Couldn't get it done, but a hell of a run. Couldn't have done couldn't have done any of that without him. I mean, if you don't if you want to say that that he kind of wasn't very good, it wasn't quite himself this last year. Fair, fine. But there's a lot of fourth quarters that you could point at where the the Chris Paul snatched a victory from the hands of defeat by himself, and that happened for years two two years back to back years uh, for the Suns in the playoffs and in the regular season where they were the best clutch team in the NBA because of Chris Paul and Devin Booker. And uh, look, all the things that Chris Paul learned or Devin Booker learned from Chris Paul, I think we'll see going forward because he might even end up playing point guard uh, for this team as they're currently constructed. Um, So thanks, Chris Paul and Landry Shamit. Good riddance. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Good luck, Landry. I don't have any good memories of Landry Shamit. I don't have a single good memory of Landry (laughs) Shamit playing basketball for the Phoenix Suns, but good luck regardless. Seemed like a decent guy. He seems like a good guy. Seems like a good guy. Get your head straight. Uh, Welcome to Washington. 
uh, I don't know what to say about their basketball group that they're going to have. Good luck. <laughs> yeah, good luck in your free agency. If, it, uh, my God, year, right? by the yeah. way, if, if you're a Wizards fan right now, I mean, I know this is the Suns' perspective, but just yikes. Yikes. They are, yeah. they are years away, it feels like, from... I mean, they already were, but it's just... <laughs> Um, when's the next time a GM is going to hand out a no trade clause like this after seeing uh, the consequences I mean, never of this again, trade? Right? Yeah. You would think never again. I still feel like someone is not going to learn from the mistake and there will be one or two here or there, but it's going to be years. Could be I decades. Mean, it'd be know. one thing if the, if the wizards were really good, like if the, like if the warriors gave one to Steph Curry, it's like, okay, who cares? Like that's Steph Curry. He's not going anywhere. They're really good. It is what it is. But that, that decision to keep him there, to try to convince a player to stay in Washington, I don't know that that will ever happen again. Like, I just don't think it will. Um, but yeah, it all it all ended up being in the Suns' favor. And I think, it, by the way, I should say, we recorded a podcast today already. Um, go back and listen to that because we're, we're not, we had a long conversation about Bradley Beal on that podcast. And I recommend you listen to that um, because we're not going to repeat everything that we talked about there. And there's a lot of good stuff in there. So take a listen to that as well. Um, but having said that, now we're looking at a situation. We know what the trade is. There's four players on the Suns roster. There's Devin Booker, Bradley Beal, Kevin Durant, and there's DeAndre. And they were able to make the trade without trading DeAndre. And there is a question of, did Bradley Beal say, I want to play with DeAndre? And maybe he did. I'm not sure that a player has ever said that before. I doubt it. Uh, yeah, I mean, I doubt it too. <laughs> like, this is a team with Kevin Durant and Devin Booker, right? Uh, he Kevin said, Durant I want to play with Devin Booker. Devin Booker, and I saw you retweeted it. He said in 2018, I want the super team to come to me. People laughed at him, like ruthlessly laughed at him because the Suns were a joke at the time. And in 2022, or sorry, 2023, what year is it? Five years later, Mm -hmm. the super team came to Devin Booker. And yes, Bradley Beal was saying, I want to play with Devin Booker and Kevin Durant. He was not saying, I want to play with DeAndre Ayton. He may be thinking that DeAndre Ayton's contract could be scrapped for other parts to fit around him. I don't know if he has that level of, if, if he's thinking about it to that extent. Uh, I, but I doubt he's saying DeAndre Ayton, that's a guy I need to play with, quite frankly. Yeah. So now we're looking at a team that has four players on the roster once again. Those four guys. The question is, I mean, because there's one 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 potential issue here, right? Did the Wizards not value DeAndre Ayton at all? That's probably what most likely happened. They probably valued more the idea of expiring cap space or just buying out Chris Paul and, and, and playing a bunch of bad players for a long time to try to get high draft picks. Uh, does DeAndre and have trade value is the question right now, because that will probably dictate whether or not he stays on the suns. Cause if he has high trade value right now, he's going to be traded because they need to fill out this roster with more than what they have right now. Ide- ideally two more starters, right? That's what they need. Just, yeah, I mean, if there is a trade out there, and we've mentioned them in the past, but if you can do Aiton for two or three role players uh, anywhere, any team, any situation, then then you take that trade right now. Right. We don't know and if it's, it's out there, though. Yeah. You know, and I wonder, like, like a sign-in trade, is that possible? Like, would you rather, I don't even know if this is even legal here with what the Suns are looking at, because the situation they're in is sort of unprecedented when it comes to the second apron, which by the way, they will be a second. We can just count this right now. They will be a second apron team unless they somehow trade DeAndre in for nothing and fill out the roster with um, minimum players. And even then next year, they probably will be a second apron team. Maybe not this year. 
can they do a sign and trade? Like, is this like, what would you think is the best way to go with DeAndre? And at this point, should they look for two guys? Should they try to get Fred Van Vliet or something like that mm. for DeAndre and, and so, fill out the roster with one final player that's like better than a veteran minimum? I am not a cap expert, but I want to say a sign and trade would be really hard given Aiton's $30 million contract value. Like, I feel right. like it would have been easier with Shaman and some sort of pieces or right. or something as, as the outgoing stuff. Um, but for Aiton, I, I feel like you're just going to run into a lot of salary issues. So I still think the best path forward is exactly what I said. It's Aiton for, is there literally anyone who is willing to give us two players <laughs> in the 10 to $15 million range? For DeAndre Ayton, or even I would consider like we'll swap our thirty million dollar guy for your thirty million dollar or twenty five million dollar guy, and uh, give us some picks or something, you know, some second round picks, some late first round picks, whatever, so we could replenish our youth at the end of the roster um, and just roll the dice on some guys and hope for the best next year. But uh, running it back with DeAndre Ayton is certainly the worst case scenario to me. Right, um, I'm not gonna lie, that would be entirely hinging your very small championship window <laughs> and you and it's very important to get everything right next year um, would all hinge on DeAndre Ayton's ability to be entirely motivated and entirely unlocked uh, in Frank Vogel's be- defensive system and oh by the way yeah. you're gonna get even fewer touches now because there's yeah. no way we're fucking giving you the ball when we have these three players <laughs> also in the starting lineup so get your double doubles set your screens and otherwise shut the hell up. I just, I don't know if that's the best role for, I mean, it's the best role for Aiden to, in terms of being optimized for the best team, but I don't know if it's a role that he would agree to. Um, and so that's, that's that's a risky proposition right there. I'd, I'd rather he just be gone, to be honest. Well, anyone saying feed Aiden now would be out of their mind. And there uh, are and some people who are still out of their minds, Mike. <laughs> they still and exist. If, there's, if that's the only way to motivate him, yeah, then there's no way to do it. By the way, you're asking for him to be consistent for the first time in his career. I think we're beyond that. You know, it's been five years. I think we just have to be beyond that. He's got to go if you can trade him. But like I said, the only thing holding them back from trading him could be his actual trade value. But it only takes one team, and they have to find the right players with that one team. Do they... I think the question to think about, too, is should they have a point guard on this team? Or is this now... Are we at the point where this is Devin Booker playing point guard, essentially, because he's the best playmaker of those three guys... And the other two guys are playing off the ball more regularly with off obviously options for all three of them to play on the ball as much as possible. But you put a point guard in the mix. Now, all of a sudden, you have a point guard running the offense. Yes, that point guard is going to have a lot of options with those three guys off the ball. But is that the best way to go when you have to find ways to divvy up the offense between these other three guys already? Should they just play with Devin Booker at point guard? Because... You know, I, f- I find it kind of interesting to think the one guy that Gambo keeps bringing up is Malcolm Brogdon. I'm going to name him again because he keeps bringing him up. And I kind of think, well, that makes sense defensively. It makes sense off the ball. He can still run occasional pick and rolls, but he's got size. I kind of understand that one. But what do you think about the idea of filling out the point guard on this roster? Yeah, I mean, you need a point guard because you're probably going to need to replace campaign too. So you can't just go in with zero right, point guards on the, the roster. Bench, but, right. but you're talking about a, a starting point guard. Malcolm Brogdon Correct. would be awesome. Correct. We've we've mentioned that in the past. I don't know if Boston actually has any interest in DeAndre Ayton. Um, I think Book can just start a point guard. I want to be very clear about that. Yeah, and beyond absolutely. that, 
so many of the playoff switchability issues that we've worried about, that we've done the hand-wringing about for the past couple of years with Chris Paul, because Chris Paul has very much been, I think, a positive value defender throughout his stint with the Suns. Um, But there were concerns about switchability once you get into the playoffs. Uh, that becomes so much less of a concern if your backcourt is now six foot six Devin Booker and six foot four Bradley Beal. Like if six four Bradley Beal is your smallest player, and again I said this three hours ago when we recorded episode one today, Beal has had <laughs> defensive concerns uh, throughout his career. He's not known as a defender, but I truly, truly believe that you could get him to lock in uh, in a way that he just wasn't wasn't focused. Uh, in Washington because he wasn't playing for anything. He he was being sat at the end of seasons for tanking purposes. Um, He didn't have any talent around him, or at least not serious talent. I believe if he's your weakest defender, I believe you could get him to lock in. And your third option, right? And your third option scoring-wise. But so I'm saying, like, that gives you a, a... It depends, obviously, who's going to be your center, you know, who's anchoring the defense. Are we back to it? Can I throw out one of my trades? I just want to mention it. Yeah, sure. Marcus Smart and Al Horford for DeAndre Ayton. Marcus Smart and Al Horford for DeAndre Ayton. Yeah, I'd do it. I know, right? Isn't it perfect? I mean, right? that dude, that's the <laughs> that starting five is oh my god. <laughs> I don't know how if they even care at all about DeAndre Ayton. I don't know, know why they. It's only be, it's only through Bill Simmons. I'm gonna be out entirely DeAndre honest. Yeah, I don't know why they would. I don't know yeah. why they would. The teams that I keep thinking about with Ayton is it, it's so hard to orchestrate a trade for him. Um, like I was thinking about Detroit until they hired Monty and I'm like, damn, now, you know, they're out, uh, Indiana had interest last year, but there's still the one year deadline on that. So you could, you could do, uh, you know, miles Turner for Deandre and straight up Charlotte if they, is the, if they hold on to that cap space. Charlotte is the one I keep coming back to. It just feels like a Deandre Ayton team, man. They don't really have it. They have Mark Williams, but they don't really have a center. Just feels like an feels like an Aiton destination. They have a million picks this year. They've got a fat Gordon Hayward expiring contract, <laughs> which yeah, I know you not, don't yeah. love. I know nope. you don't love. Um, but I, I just love. the the number of destinations. San Antonio. I mean, they have Terry Rozier though. That's, yeah, but that's we, the interesting thing with Charlotte, right? You could get Terry Rozier and we Mark don't, Williams. Maybe. We really, do, yeah. I mean, we don't need Terry Rozier absolutely at this well, point. Well, off but, the bench, if he's coming off your bench as your sixth man, that's. A okay, if Booker, if, sure, but if Booker is our starting point guard and Bradley yeah. Beal is yeah. our starting yeah. shooting guard, and each of them are already playing thirty-six minutes per game, granted, they're not going to play every game. We already, yeah, know each of them some, are playing 60, 60 games a season. There are going to be right. some injury concerns here. But, yeah, but yeah, uh-huh. I just I don't know how ideal Charlotte is as a trade partner. Just one that I've thought of. San Antonio is still out there. I don't know what they're willing to give up if they even. I mean, they're about to draft Wemby. Well, so. what would it be? I mean, Doug McDermott and Doug who? McDermott like, and. Uh, pick swap they've got a nice second round pick like <laughs> number 31 or something and maybe another role player i don't know i have to look at their cap sheet the point is it's hard yeah it's hard to find an Aiden partner there isn't an obvious one yeah orlando i don't know maybe you could think of something there wendell carter yeah. is better wendell yeah, carter is better they wouldn't do it and he makes well i know i know that's fair but he makes one third of the salary or one half of the salary at most it has got a decreasing salary, and he's better. What would it, what would it be like? Because they're not obviously they're not giving up Franz, Paulo, no, no. Fultz, maybe no. Cole Anthony. Actually, maybe they would be willing to give up Cole Anthony, and he could might be, be willing the, to do that. The yeah. backup guard, maybe, and you could do Wendell and Cole. Um, but you know, they still have a lot of bigs on that team. The point is, if it wasn't already clear, Mo Wagner. I don't know. No, they wouldn't do that. 
Um, oh wait, Mo Wagner? Mo. No, no, yeah. Mo Wagner. They might do that. Mo Wagner. Yeah, they might do that. Yeah, I don't um, know. they have their, his brother on the team. So. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The, the Suns already took their big swing. Bradley Beal was the big swing of the offseason. Uh, yeah. They are going to be above the second apron. They are not going to have a taxpayer mid-level exception. They are going to have to fill out their roster with a bunch of minimum contracts. Uh, that's the next part of the conversation that we can get to in a second. But the only other way to improve the roster here is to find one of these willing DeAndre Ayton suitors. There is no other way. There is no... You know, five to ten million dollar free agent signings. That's just not going to yeah. happen. We it's, don't there's have. No, there's we no don't have, free agents other than minimum contracts now. Just we kind of just write that off right now. That's just write happening. it all off out of your head. We're not going to have any picks. Landry Shaman is gone. Not that he had any. Uh, well, I guess he had Brad Beal trade value, but on in a vacuum, he didn't have any trade value. At <laughs> yeah. least if you ask Apparently me, two had days the ago, most trade value on the team. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> there's nothing else. We've got three players. We're trying to swap Aiton for two or three more players, and then we're going to fill it out with minimums. Hopefully, you can bring back some of the guys. There really are some of the guys um, who I thought played well last year who I would love to bring back on minimum deals. Jock Landale's in that camp. Bismack Biombo's in that camp. Damian Lee. Josh Okoge. I don't think you're going to be able to get or convince all of them, um, but as many of kind of those guys as possible are willing to just return for, for minimum deals, I'd be open to all of that. Um, but that's it. That's going to be the roster. Here we yeah. go. Are you convinced? Just, Is this a championship team? <laughs> I find myself like, think about the plays the Suns are running and look, the offense, I think it's going to get more sophisticated now, by the way, shout out Kevin Young, who had the opportunity to probably leave. Maybe Detroit was his option. Maybe finding a uh, head coaching job was out of the question for him he, since he had accepted that assistant coach job. But he, he's tasked with handling the offense for the Phoenix Suns, and now all of a sudden he has th- maybe I don't know. Is is Brad Beal one of the best third options all time? Like <laughs> I can't. This guy averaged thirty one points in the NBA. Now he's got to come up with an offense with those three players, and I don't know how hard it's going to be. But you think about some of the plays the Suns were running in the postseason alone, just like starting with the idea of posting up Kevin Durant and him getting doubled on every single post up. What do you do when there's two guys that are off the ball can do anything once they catch it? Anything. Yep. Yep. They can catch, they can drive, they can get to the rim, they can pull up from mid-range, they can pass, they can play make for others, they can hit cutters. Like, I just don't know the, what you do. Again, people, every single doubter right now is bringing this, is, is comparing this trio to the Nets trio because it's only natural. Kevin Durant was on both teams and that blew up in their face. 
that trio in Brooklyn we never saw for more than 20 games. Uh, and a couple of critical differences. First being that none of the three guys on this team carry the baggage that Kyrie Irving does. Just or a even lot of, James Harden. Well, I'm going to get to him, but, but let's <laughs> yeah. just start with just let's just start with Kyrie Irving, right. who is a very, very talented basketball player. And if you ask me, by the way, uh, Bradley Beal is the best third option since who? I would say probably since, you know, Kyrie Irving, I think, was on that level. Or even James Harden, if you count him as the, the third option on that team. But it's just they never play together uh, a lot in part because of Kyrie's shenanigans off the court. Beyond that, though, if you talk about the on-court fit, all three of these guys have off-ball spacing value. All three of them are willing to take shots, take catch-and-shoot three-pointers, and make them at above a 40% rate, as I just tweeted out just before we hopped on this podcast. Bradley Beal, 40% catch-and-shoot three-point shooter last season. Uh, Kevin Durant, 43%. Devin Booker, 44%. Yes, obviously all of them are talented isolation scorers as well. All of them have the mid-range dribble moves in their bag. But it's not like James Harden who does not take catch-and-shoot threes or mid-range shots at all. It's not like Chris Paul for the past couple of years who we've witnessed does not take catch-and-shoot threes. Guys who just are not comfortable when they don't have the ball in their hands, they don't know what to do. These are three of the most selfless stars in the entire NBA that you could possibly pair next to each other. And, and, you know, as long as they don't bring too much of their own personal egos into the equation, of course, that's always a question. uh, But there should be no question about their their on-court basketball fit. It just makes sense. It's like you couldn't dream of a better scenario than this. You just need to find two guys around them who can kind of shoot and kind of play defense, and you're going to be fine. I... uh went on the FanDuel. I don't know who I don't know if there's any gambling apps that sponsor our podcast, but I'm going to mention FanDuel here. <laughs> I went on the FanDuel app immediately after this trade and I was trying to find any futures for Devin Booker's assists. And I couldn't find any. But you know, every every year we do a, a, an over under podcast where I make up some over unders and and that assist number for Devin Booker is going to be fascinating because I think he's a a lot of people, I think, still don't realize just how good of a playmaker Devin Booker has become in the NBA because he's sacrificed a lot of those playmaking duties to allow other guys to succeed. You know, playing with Chris Paul means that he's not going to catch and shoot like you mentioned, so it kind of has to mean that he uh, handles the ball quite a bit. And, you know, people forget. I'm, I'm doing a people forget here, but people forget in 2018-19 he averaged 6.8 assists a game on a team that had no offensive threats. None. A terrible team, 6.8 assists a game. 2019-20, 6.5 assists a game, and that was with Ricky Rubio on the team who needed the ball to be successful as well. Now, last season to 5.5, which was his third most in any season where he kind of took the ball away from Chris Paul a little bit more than the previous two years. And now we're looking at a scenario where staring down the barrel of is Devin Booker going to be handling the ball sort of full-time for this team with Brad and... Bradley. Should we call him Bradley? He seems to go by Bradley, right? <laughs> call him, uh, let's, yeah, apparently Brad is listed as one of his basketball reference nicknames. Um, <laughs> I guess it's a nickname. In addition to Real Deal, which I've heard. Real Deal Beal, yeah. That's Real his, Deal Beal, that's, that's his, his Twitter, Twitter handle. Yeah, handle. Um, right? yeah. Big Panda, which I have never heard. <laughs> Blue, Blue Magic, which I have never heard. And Dr. Dre. <laughs> Dr. Dr. Dre? Dre? <laughs> Bradley Beal, a.k.a. Dr. Dre. They're just um, making stuff up now. Oh, yeah, they always do. Okay, we'll fi- we'll figure it out. We'll we call gotta, him Brad. Nah, we <laughs> got to workshop some stuff, but we'll figure it out. <laughs> okay, 
Well, Devin Booker handling the ball with those guys off the ball, I think there's a chance his scoring goes down, his assists go up. But I think there's also a chance that Devin Booker all of a sudden with the ball in his hands more and the spacing that comes with those two guys off the ball is all of a sudden scoring 32 points a game. Like, I, this could go either way for me. I really don't know what it's going to be, but I do think that if the assists are set at 5.5, I'm betting over regardless if that's because that's what he had last year and I think he's going to have the ball in his hands more um, this coming year, even if the scoring goes up. And I think that's going to be a fascinating experiment. I mean, look, Kevin Young's got a lot of opportunity here uh, to, to earn himself a head coaching job Absolutely. somewhere else in the NBA. Absolutely. Um, you know, if, if Kevin Young also, just how difficult is the coaching position in the NBA in terms of like hurting the various personalities of players? So if Kevin Young can orchestrate a successful offense with these three guys uh, that, that kind of keeps all of them happy in terms of their touches, um, everyone's going to be impressed with that. He's, he's going to have a head coaching position in no time. Let's talk about filling out the roster. Because yes, obviously that's, that's what a people perfect are, place to go. Yeah. That's what people are going to be thinking about for the and talking about for the next couple months. Um, again, something I mentioned three hours ago: ring chasing. We all know it's a thing. It's been a thing for years. The Suns have never really been in the position to benefit from it, right? When was the last time the Suns signed a ring chaser? Someone and and my definition of a ring chaser is someone who uh, is worth more than a minimum contract, but chooses to sign a minimum contract with a contender because they feel that it's their best opportunity. Usually a player in their 30s or you know in the second half of their career um, where they feel it's their best opportunity to win a ring, to win a championship. Yeah. Well, when we thought the it would Suns, come after the finals and it didn't, remember? It did, it did not. <laughs> We're like, it, oh, cool, they can sign ring chasers now. And it's like crickets nope. for the next two off seasons. Yeah. Nope. But that was a Chris Paul, Devin Booker-led <laughs> yeah. Suns team right. um, less, that less otherwise... Learned. That otherwise was surrounded with fun players in Mikael Bridges, Cam Johnson, DeAndre Ayton, but not players who necessarily command that level of respect, uh, not players like Kevin Durant and Bradley Beal. There should be ring chasers this time around. I already guarantee you this crazy dude, Matt Ishbia, is going to be out there trying to get all the ring chasers. He understands what the cap constraints are. He understands he can only hand out minimum contracts, but that's not going to stop him. That's not going to stop him from calling up James Jones and saying, hey, can we get Draymond Green on a minimum contract? Could you call him about that? <laughs> can we get Russell Westbrook? You know, he's going to he's gonna call him. He's going to say, just try it. Just try it. Do you he have might, guys in mind right now? I mean, I just tweeted about two that I think would be hilarious. Oh, really? I didn't see that. Pat Bev and Dylan Brooks <laughs> oh, to the no. Phoenix Suns. Can you imagine? <laughs> you, you talked about, first of all, getting a point guard. Could you imagine... Kicking out Chris Paul so there's no more beef. <laughs> yep. And in comes Patrick Beverly. Yep. And Dylan Brooks, two of the most hated defensive enforcers <laughs> in the entire NBA. They're both free agents around three of the most talented uh, triple threat scores. Yeah, sure. Yeah, what do you let's say? do it. Yeah, why not? I think it is. I think it. <laughs> no, I hate it. I do hate it. I think it is say. the funniest well, I, I possible. being sarcastic. It's so funny, though. It's so yes, funny. Yes, it is funny. Absolutely. You would grow to like it. Yeah, maybe. You would uh, like. Any other names? You want? To, you want me to throw some out? I'm, I've sorted. Here's what I Do did. It. I sorted all free agents by age. Do it. Hit me. Hit so me. Udonis Haslam, number one. No. Nope. Nope. Not him. Not him. He's <laughs> 43 years old. Uh, let's see. Mm, Jeff Green. Uh, yeah, I'm in. Champion now. He's a champion. Uh, why not? Danny Green. Uh, I don't really think he has any juice left in the tank. What about Joe Ingles? Joe, don't think he has a ton of juice left in the tank either, but I'd take it a flyer on Joe Ingles. He can hit, you know, it's just, yeah. He can stand in the corner, hit threes. 
Yeah. What he's, about Kevin Big? Kevin Love? Kevin Love, I mentioned that on our three our think about three hour ago podcast as well. Would be kind of nice to have like a floor spacing five who kind of just yeah. gives as much space as possible for for it these. Can three actually stars. start fast breaks. You know, I've never seen DeAndre Ayton throw an outlet pass in my life, uh, so seeing Kevin Love do it would be bizarre, especially with three guys just like running down that can score from anywhere. And uh, Brad Beal loves that one step over the three point line, hard dribble, step back three. And that's so hard to guard in a fast break scenario. So, I, oh, that's going to be fun. Uh, Brooke Lopez, probably out of our Probably out of our range. range Although right? I do have a question here. What do you think? Mason Plumley? what do you think his market is? It's going to be interesting. Yeah, Is he I a feel fully like free agent? He doesn't have a player option or anything? He's, a, he's an unrestricted free agent with bird rights. He's been in the league for 10 years, never really been on true contending teams. And I think a guy who could get a mid-level, not a full mid-level exception, but I think a guy who could get like $7 million a year from someone. Yeah. Uh, but if he was want to come here for two, I wouldn't say no. Like uh, that's right. that's a real guy. I'd be okay for the record. If the Suns just end up bringing back Jock Landale and, and starting him at center after they trade Aiton or for some Biz, other pieces, yeah. like I think it's workable. It's not ideal, but I think it's no. workable. No, it's not um, ideal. But if you I could get you someone, options. if you could get someone better, you could get a Mason Plumlee. It'd be pretty Plumlee good. was impressive in the, in the playoffs. I was impressed by his physicality, his passing. The occasional grab-and-go dribble, too, is nice to see from a center. Uh, let's see. Russell Westbrook? Russell I Westbrook. Maybe, I, maybe I with Vogel him. on the team, maybe I not, men- right? I mentioned him. He's definitely up there. Dennis Schroeder? Dennis Schroeder, I think that's out there. He's played for Vogel before. He's probably familiar with the system. And, you know, they're probably players who can play well together. He's hey, kind of he's kind of either really solid or he sucks, depending on the year. So it's a risk. But uh, yeah, uh, this player you may have heard of him. His name is Jay Crowder. Jay Crowder. So here's the thing. I'm still salty about Jay Crowder. I but, still don't. But the fit, the fit is good. The fit is good. <laughs> it, it's real good. Honestly, that one entirely <laughs> depends on like if book says jay crowder is valid yeah. then fine yeah yeah but uh i wouldn't i wouldn't hold it against book because i feel a certain way about jay crowder so like and i'm not on the team <laughs> as as you all know i am not on the phoenix suns i'm not in the locker room i'm not in practice uh, i would understand i would sympathize if book still kind of felt like jay quit on us um mm-hmm. so that's one where if he says no then don't do it if he says yes then okay I think Jay we'll Crowder, guys. Mm-hmm. Dylan Brooks, Pat Bev, and Draymond Green. Bring them all here. <laughs> Just <laughs> assemble. Frank Kaminsky, give him a <laughs> a locker room contract to be fun in the locker room. Yeah, there's. It's kind of hard to find these guys. It'll be. I haven't looked through the entire list, but. You know, we're up to like guys like Harrison Barnes and Jordan Clarkson that are just probably just out of our range. When no, it comes they're to out of our range. What what they're going to pay? And they're you know thirty one year olds, and then you start getting into guys in their twenties. And I think that's going to be, and it's possible. Like there will be guys out there that maybe uh, quote unquote failed on their previous teams um, that could be had. Like, I don't know. What is Karis LeVert going to make in the future? Like I have no idea. Not, mu- not much. Not much. Yeah. You know, Oladipo. Will he be willing to sign a one year? Yeah. yeah. Or Oladipo. Will they be willing to sign a one year veteran minimum contract to restore their value and try and win an NBA championship? Maybe. Yuta Watanabe. Yep, I mean, that one's that's a great one. That's a great one. He's twenty eight. He's probably gonna do it. Yeah. KD likes playing with him too. Yep. Yeah. Good three and D guy. Um. Yeah. I mean, you know, as you guys see, there's all sorts of options. It's just we're gonna continue to talk about them, but um, there are gonna be plenty of options or, or plenty of opportunities for someone to assert themselves as the sixth man of this team. Because me, plainly, you can see that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a good point. It's gonna be tough. It's gonna be tough. Well, it depends what they trade because they could trade. 
DeAndre Ayton. Uh, if I guess I should say it depends. If yeah, they trade unless DeAndre they Ayton. trade DeAndre Ayton for Terry Rozier or whatever, then yeah, we're having a different that, conversation. But so let me ask you this: you got say let's say we have three guys in the starting lineup. Three. We're gonna you know who the three are? They're the super team right there. Mm-hmm. What is the perfect fit of the other two guys? What archetype would be what you want? So I would start. I mean, it, it it's hard to do this be, to hold me like. To, to one thing because yeah because there's yeah it's true you're right no no I no think, but but I'll try and answer your question um right I so I think in most cases like there are certain point guards who I think could start and it would be great but in yeah. most situations I'm starting Booker a point guard I'm starting Beal at shooting guard or just like wing you're talking um, offensively here right yeah yeah um Katie's at the four um and so basically we have one spot on the wing and we have one center that's what we're looking for. Yeah. Um, unless you could sell me on like a really good point guard. If Malcolm Brogdon is actually out there, I think I could be sold. Uh, but for the most part, I'm just looking for a wing who can hit threes, play a little bit of defense, maybe attack a closeout. That might be asking for too much already. Right. <laughs> I don't know. Um, and for a center, I think ideally I'm looking for a guy who can protect the rim and space the floor, but that's kind of a lot to ask for. If so you we're talking Marcus Smart and Al Horford, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we are. <laughs> Talking because, Marcus Smart, Al Horford. I think because I think defensively is what you're gonna. You need two guys who can play defense that, but aren't complete negatives offensively, right? And the ideal for the for the three in your scenario where Book is the one, Beal is the two, the ideal for the three is that they can guard one through three offensively. Right. right. You know, they can guard a point guard, they can guard a shooting guard, they can guard a small forward because we need. Uh, you know these guys are gonna have to guard now because all three of them are gonna play together. So they're gonna have, you can't they can. hide all three of them. They can and they all can. You're right. Yeah, I think Booker Book had and, and a sensational. I mean, KD has shown it for ten years, so there should be no question. Book was sensational in the playoffs on yeah, defense. He really was. He, he really was. was. Um, but to your point, we need balance, right? I, I I think ultimately don't swing too far to one side or the other because you could easily think about it you could slot josh akogian at the three and bismack biombo at the five and whatever those are 90th percentile defensive players they're awesome uh but they're so bad on offense (laughs) both of them that you would still struggle even with the talent of your three superstars i think you would still struggle to run a coherent offense so i'm I'm just kind of looking for a couple guys who are okay maybe at both jay crowder like for real is a good fit like actually is yeah, because you put Jay Crowder in there. Yes, he's not a great shooter, but he can shoot open threes. He's also unafraid to shoot them, which is something a Kogi struggled with. And he can guard, you know, twos, threes, and occasionally ones. You know, and he's a good, strong, big defender. That if you don't want to put Durant on someone to get outworked, you can put Jay on them. I I don't know that Jay would be willing to come back, but I can't help but think about it if he's a minimum player now. Which, by the way, he might be. He just was signed on the Bucks and they didn't even play him. He sucked. You know, they just completely didn't play him. I don't know yeah. if he sucks or if it was just bad coaching, but I have a feeling they he sucked in practice or something. Or, or maybe yeah. his con- hey, hey, wild idea, right? Maybe his conditioning <laughs> was out of know, whack man. because he took four months off. I don't know. There was a lot of videos of him working out that he posted himself. <laughs> I don't know, man. Uh, we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. In the meantime, folks, we have Bradley Beal. Kevin Durant and Devin Booker. By the way, Devin Booker might be the best player of the three. That's going to be a fun conversation. That's exactly what I said on our Patreon. This is our third episode about Brad Beal in a row. And by the way, I think for our next one, main feed episode here, maybe even soon, we we don't have to wait too long to do it, but I would like to just do a deep, deep, deep dive into some of the crazy stats when it comes to Brad Beal so people can really learn, maybe have a guest who covered uh, the Wizards in the past so we could really learn who Brad Beal is 
as some podcast. Fans, because look, as much as people claim to be watching the Wizards, I know you weren't. Don't lie to me. You weren't watching the Wizards. None of you out there were. Now, I know I wasn't. Only when they played the Suns. So we're going to have to really learn who Brad Beal is together. This is going to be a lot of fun. Podcasts every day for the next week. We're going to be so amped up. Not actually. Don't hold me to that. But Mike, <laughs> it's two, 30, two a day at this we're, point. We're 37 minutes in. By the way, folks, I'm still standing. I never sat down. I've been standing <laughs> for 37 minutes. So I hope you appreciate the hustle. Put out an 80 minute podcast earlier today. 40 yeah. minutes now. We're going on two hours here. Yeah. The draft is Thursday. We don't know what the fuck is going to happen, but we I do don't know, know if we, they have any pick. Maybe we, they'll buy their way back into it if they traded one. Or maybe they trade DeAndre Ayton before Thursday, and yeah, That's then true. They, they get back in. So we're still going to watch it. We're still going to cover it. Yeah, um, maybe on playback. I don't know. If they have a pick for sure, maybe on playback. But if, you what know, if else? they definitely don't, probably not. Mike, anything uh, else to do? Plug the Patreon? Yeah, if you want to join the Patreon, you always can join the patreon but the thing i want to plug is go back and listen to the last episode we recorded earlier today if you can because i promise there's some good stuff in there including some a fun draft segment if you missed it where damon our friend damon gave us three prospects and a lie which was two real prospects and one fake one and sam and i had to guess which one was fake and i won't tell you who won that one but it was a fun one so i suggest you go back and listen to it but yeah obviously this is going to be a fascinating thing for us to cover look five years into this podcast This will be our sixth season covering, and now we're going to be covering a super team. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. It just keeps getting more wild. It just keeps getting wild. That Matt Ishbia, man. We really, you know, I remember when when, uh, the Suns were for sale. Woj called them a sleeping giant. You know, um, Wendy went out there and said, you know, this is a real destination for star players if they can get the right owner. And boy, was Robert Sarver holding this team back. That is the main lesson I think you could learn from all this because, man, as soon as he leaves, so much has happened, and you can see it all happening right now. So shout out to Matt Ishbia, who is really putting his money where his mouth is. Uh, but we'll cover every part of this from every angle, and we thank everyone for coming to us to cover it. Uh, it's been a long day, Sam. I think we can take a break now. What do you think? I'm cool with that. Thank you, everyone, for listening. We'll catch you very soon. I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.